Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. Hello, everyone. This is Charlie Gilkey. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Creative Giant Show. I am really excited to have um, Pamela Slam from Escape from Cubicle Nation on the call with me today. Now, we're going to talk about a range of things, and I'm not going to be able to get around it, so I'm going to go ahead and lead with the fact that um, Pam is one of my very dear friends. Um, When I'm having one of those personal crises, she's the person that I call. Um, We email back and forth, maybe not as much as as we would both like because we got a lot of things in the fire but she is one of those really close friends and she's a brilliant thought leader very well connected and influential she's one of those people that everybody knows because she's a connector but i also think that everybody should know because of what she's doing in the world of work Um, she recently published a book called body of work finding the thread that ties your story together Um, This is her second book. Her first book was Escape from Cubicle Nation, From Corporate Prison to Thriving Entrepreneur. And you can find her, before I forget to talk about it, because I forget that not everyone knows who Pam is. You can find her um, on escapefromcubiclenation.com and on Twitter, which I think is your your favorite platform still, um, at Pam Slim. Thanks for joining me today, sis. Thanks so much for having me. And actually, very soon at PamelaSlim.com, which will be the new next uh, representation of who I am in the world, which is very exciting. That's very exciting. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because, um, you know, as we like to do on the Creative Giant Show, I like to talk about the backstory of creative projects and creative success and not just, you know, Pam wrote this book and it hit the top of the lips list and, you know, sort of the PR story, but what it means to be a creative giant showing up in the fog and uncertainty and doubt you know, that sometimes happens as you're creating these, but doing it anyways. And so you bring up a really great point. Your, your first book, um, Escape from Cubicle Nation, is really for people who are um, in a corporate environment who want to start their own business, whether that be a side hustle or a full-time business. So that book was about getting people out of Cubicle Nation. And there's a frame in which you can see body of work about not necessarily keep, keeping people in Cubicle Nation, but it's, it doesn't have that sort of reactionary reforming, like let's get you out, as opposed to let's find um, the career path. And we'll talk about that, the career path that works best for you. Um, that being said, kind of paint the story of the bridge from escape to body of workforce. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I have worked in just about every work mode possible throughout my career, and I never even really recognized it until I wrote Body of Work. But even in having the brand and having the book of Escape from Cubicle Nation, I have never been anti-corporate. And having a strong brand name, which has been so wonderful and has served me so well, uh, can sometimes lead many people to believe that, you know, my whole mission in life is about just getting people out and thinking that working for yourself is the greatest thing ever. In fact, really the premise of escape of what I really wanted as an outcome of the book was for people to have as clear an idea as possible about what it actually took to leave a corporate job to start a business and with that understanding to help them make the very best decision about whether to stay or whether to go. 
And that has been a, a main theme, which you know very well in my work because we've done lots of work together. We ran Liftoff, a retreat for three years and have had many, many conversations. What what I always felt when I was, you know, working in Escape, I, I love the startup world and I love the creative process and I love bringing ideas forward. And there are a subset of people who truly find that the best work mode for them at this stage in their career is working for themselves. So where that's the case, there's very specific work to do to help bridge that gap. One of the reasons why I got excited about writing Body of Work is after having done that work for nine years with so many people and spoken on the topic and studied it and lived it, I found that in our current space, especially on the internet with a lot of folks that are excited about entrepreneurship, there became this, what I believe to be totally erroneous belief, is that working for yourself is the only way that you can be free is the only way that you can do great creative work. And if you work for a corporation, then it means that something's kind of wrong with you and you're risk averse and you only need to stay there until you're actually able to go out and work for yourself. I just do not believe that that is true. What I get excited about is where people are able to identify the work that they find is really significant and meaningful to them and that they choose a work mode at a particular stage of life that enables them to do that work, period. And I don't think that we should be pushing forward this belief and judgment, which ends up leaving a huge trail of shame for those folks who decide they don't want to work for themselves, for those folks who go out on their own and figure out it is so hard and it can be <laughs> really scary and they want to go back. And so that, that became a big, huge, you know, flag and mission, I think, in many ways for this, this new book, is to really challenge our thinking of the way that we tend to worship work modes and worship one way of being, saying that that's the only way. Yeah. Um, we could end the call there, because I agree so much. I have nothing really to add to that, um, except for I'm going to. Um, Pam and I have had many talks about this in the background, because we both work with people who are starting their businesses or growing or scaling their businesses. Or, you know, a lot of my cases, I've reached people, I'm, I'm working with people who have reached that really rough part, that really dip is what Seth Godin would call it, that dip, where you have to decide whether to commit or to quit, right? You got to go further or you got you to gotta decide this isn't for you. And part of the conversation that does come out, and so please, if you are a creative giant and you, you have a job that you like or you have a career that you like and you, you know, you've been thinking about the entrepreneurial pathway, please understand that like, there are no r real free lunches either way that you go. Um, I was talking to someone um, the other day, and he was like, you know, Charlie, I'm at the age where I just want peace and quiet, and I, I think I just really want to start my own business so that I have my peace and quiet. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> if you want peace and quiet, like – you might really want to consider your your assumptions around what it means to be in your own small business because you don't get a lot of that, right? Um, you do not – well, you get when you get a lot of that, it's not what you want. Um, and if you're wanting to slow down and sort of you know take stock of your life, small business will eat you alive is basically what I told him, right? That's – you have a value conflict that you really want to consider. And it's not that I – so here's the funny thing going back to what you said, sis, like – I am pro small business. I'm pro business when it works for people. 
I am so against business as a default avenue for people who don't like their current job or people who have always just dreamed of having a business. I don't actually understand that, right? Because there is so much about building businesses or building any body of work, really, where you have to commit and it's got to be for you. And it can't just be for a bunch of reasons external to like you, you want freedom. You don't get it. You don't get freedom. Well, here, let's talk about this. I don't think when we start talking about really building your body of work, whether that's a business, whether that's a, um, a leadership career in a corporate environment, whether that's a military career, an academic career, f- freedom becomes something that is foreign to you in the sense because you don't want to be free from your work. You actually want to be more engaged in your work. Um, and so you have to really rethink what freedom means on any level when you do the work that matters to you. Um, that's what I think about it though. And let's talk about that. How do you think about that, sis? Yeah. Well, the, the premise about body of work is that the purpose of our lives is to create a body of work that we are very proud of, that impacts the world in a way that is personally significant to us. And that leaves a positive emotional wake for those who we deeply care about. And so the definition of body of work is everything that we create and we contribute and we affect and we impact. And because I think the world is inherently unstable, and I think will continue to be that way, that we may be doing a whole variety of different things. You're in the book, right? I I included an essay that you had written about the fact that you are a a veteran. You were in the military, in the army, and a logistics officer, and I know you're very proud of that service and the things that you learned in that context. Um, You are a former academic of, you know, being in an academic environment and teaching, and then you're also an entrepreneur. And at different stages of your still very young life, (laughs) because we both know you're younger than me, you, at different stages of your life, you have created different things, you've learned different things in, in different environments. And so the... There, there are a number of, of components when you're thinking about it that way, when you're thinking about, you know, how, what do you really want to learn and what do you want to contribute, the kind of contribution that you made in the conversations we've had about your time in the military were pretty profound and um, personally significant and significant to everybody who were the troops that you were helping to move from point A to point B. Literally, your work at that time, if you were not, completely 100% invested in it and conscious about what you're doing could mean the loss of life. It doesn't really get any more real than that in terms of you know some of those decisions that you made and the kind of feeling that you had and the kind of responsibility that you felt for your comrades and, um, and folks who were in that situation. And from that perspective, you're right. Like when we start to think about freedom, I mean, freedom is a value that uh, not everybody shares. Not ev- we all have different values that we prioritize. For some people, freedom means um, I don't have to do much work at all, and I can just choose to do whatever it is that I, I want to do. I could travel, and I could be uh, having lots of flexibility, only doing the kinds of projects that I want to do. Some people value fun and adventure, and for them, a great life includes maybe you know, figuring out some – I'm using air quotes, which people can't see because they're listening, but, you know, some passive revenue stream, air quote, air quote, that uh, that they can create, which some people are great at, and they find a way in order to be generating revenue that doesn't require a lot of effort and energy, because for them, 
freedom means doing something that uh, that brings some joy and adventure that doesn't really have a lot to do with work. And that's totally fine because each of us gets to create what our body of work is and, and it's really defined by our values. Um, for other people, I mean, for me, you know, freedom is more the ability to feel 100% myself, to live free of fear that I am doing work that only because I'm worried about money, where I, you know, would have to pretend to be a certain way so that people could accept me, so that they could give them money. I mean, even describing it, I can feel in my body where I start to get really tense. You know, when I feel free is where I am really working with the kinds of people who I want to work with, and I am contributing, and I am adding value, and leaving something that is really going to be useful for people in the world. That's when I often feel the most peaceful and relaxed and open and what I would call free. So one of the things that is really important when we un begin to understand our own path and also when we're looking at others is to begin to define like what actually do you value and, and what do you want to build your body of work around. There are some people who spend most of their lives working and that could be okay. Seth Godin wrote a blog post or maybe it was in a book or something about how he was on vacation somewhere on a tropical island and was on his computer writing early one morning and there were people who walked by and I forget if they said something to him but they looked with obvious disdain like what are you doing how dare you be working when you're on vacation you should just be you know sitting down under the palm tree uh, doing nothing and for him the thing that brings him the greatest joy is writing and he could love to be on that tropical island with his family and spend lots of time during the day with them. But his definition of engagement and fulfillment is actually doing the work that he does even when he's on vacation. Yeah. I believe the book that he wrote that in was Tribes. Um, and so um, there's some, some Seth Godin fan out there that will correct both of us. But I do believe it was actually in Tribes. Um, yeah, so – I want to pull back a little bit because I can I can see you, but I also heard in your voice. There, there's a bit of sort of discomfort that you were talking about about three minutes ago, um, and presenting you know the value that you do so and so forth. And on the exterior, to be honest, it looks like you got it all figured out, right? You've got the books, you've got the family, you've got this great thriving business in Arizona. Um, you know everybody, everybody knows and loves you, um, and. You know, we, we have plenty of behind-the-scenes talk, right? Talks, and I don't think that – well, you do have a whole lot figured out, Pam. You really, really do have a whole lot figured out. <laughs> I have it all figured you out. You have it all, all figured out. The it's done, always done perfect, and I'm never scared, ever. Yeah, so what I'm really curious about is, is the sources of discomfort because I think sometimes we need to talk about those more, right? Uh, and so people understand that when they feel those fears and that discomfort and that uncertainty – that they don't think that it's them that's less than and that other people don't feel that. So what was challenging about getting body of work done? Boy, yeah, we can probably talk through a number of different layers of it because there's one, I mean, a, a general area of discomfort which paradoxically is the thing that drives comfort in the long run, given my definition of freedom, is in deciding to leave a very stable, well-known area that I've worked many years to build a reputation around, which is about doing entrepreneurial coaching and uh, startup work and you know small business. 
and deciding to stretch back into an area that I used to work in, which was working inside companies, my, my perspective is doing it in an inclusive manner. So it's not, I don't feel at all like I'm leaving behind all the folks that I work with in the entrepreneurial world because what I really want to do is expand the scope of what it is that I have done and be and, and, and try to really figure out what proactively, what, what's a framework that we can create that is going to be inclusive of people because one of my values too is in respecting others and building bridges between very different kinds of communities and in driving economic development in general in our local communities and our national or global communities and I believe in order to do that we need to stop being so rigid about saying dark side of the force corporations light side of the force entrepreneurship okay so the areas of discomfort can be, <laughs> why in the world would I leave this super well-established brand and step into a world that is less familiar, because I've been away from it for about 10 years, talking about things that I haven't worked yet with thousands of people in, like I have at Escape, and uh, venturing into the unknown, exploring you know, unknown um, ideas and business models and unexplored ideas. So it's something that can be profoundly uncomfortable at times, but it's also profoundly exhilarating. <laughs> so what what was interesting in, in writing the book and last year was just a really, really busy year. And I had I have a family, I have little ones and I, I put a priority on spending time with them. I had a lot of clients that I was working with. I was doing one on one coaching for a lot of small businesses and anybody who does that kind of work, you know, Charlie, you often have everybody in, like, they're all in your mind. You're constantly walking around with those whatever. I think at one point I had 73 different, you know, clients that I was working with. Of course, not all at the same time, but you just carry all of those businesses and those people in your head. And um, then I was trying to understand and feel what the spirit of the book was, what the message of the book was, find the stories, and then also find the writing when I was really, really busy and um, felt like I was starved for time. When I'd have big stretches of time, I would get into paralyzing writer's block. <laughs> so it was awesome. It was totally <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and then I was training for my black belt in mixed martial arts because my teacher was moving to Hawaii and I really 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 wanted to accomplish that particular goal just to accomplish the goal it was just a very big goal and I had worked hard over the years and I love and adore my teacher and I really wanted to complete that cycle uh, so it was challenging on many levels yeah challenging on many levels so I think let's go back to this career shift here or to this um, evolution of your body of work to, to say what you and I would both say it is right there are several conversations that happen along that way. There's the internal conversation with yourself of like, really, like, how's this going? But I'm really curious about the conversation that you had, say, with your agent and publishers about how that sort of conversation would go. I mean, without displaying any sort of, you know, confidence or, you know, betraying any confidence that you might have in there. What do you what would give us a tone of what it was like when, you know, what we would have expected, what what all the publishers and agents would have expected would be not escape again, but, you know, either another sort of business or entrepreneurial book or maybe take a framework, a sales framework. You're brilliant at teaching sales, right? You're brilliant at teaching sales. You're brilliant at teaching teaching, right? Both of those would have been obvious candidates for your second book. Obvious candidates. But you didn't do that. 
so if you can just kind of give us a tone for what that was like explaining to them once you had made up your mind that body of work was your next body of work and that you wanted to partner with them for for it as opposed to the sort of thing that they knew that they could sell the thing that they knew would be a hit so on and so forth talk to us yeah about that. Well, it, it took a whole number of rounds, and to the credit of my my publisher, Penguin Portfolio, we, I, I came to them with with a few different iterations of a book. There was a totally different book that I was thinking when I first met with them, and I met with them and my agent. We had sketched out some ideas. I've had a really friendly relationship with them over the with my editor and and with the head of marketing, and so it felt comfortable, and it's really the way that I work in developing partnerships, relationships are really important. So I wanted to share the idea. Now that said, they're a big New York publisher in Manhattan. <laughs> and walking into an office, even with people who I really like a lot and who I've worked with before on a book, sharing ideas that are not fully baked yet, it was a scary proposition. And we went a couple of rounds. I ended up starting with one particular idea, which was more about personal leadership and more about really, you know, confidence and um, how it is that you can, you know, be strong and confident because that's such a theme that I found in the work with Escape from Cubicle Nation where people don't feel it. And shopping that idea, tweaking it, and then getting creative insight really into what's next. And I, I wish I could remember the moment when body of work really hit me over the head, but um, it was an evolution. And Ironically, like a huge part of the, I mean, the, the subtitle of Body of Work is Finding the Thread That Ties Your Story Together. A huge part of successfully influencing anybody, if it's a publisher to, you know, buy the next book and the next idea, it is drawing a very compelling thread in a story as to why it is a logical next step. Now, it makes sense, and it's very amazing how life works, where we started with the book proposal and through writing the book and interviewing and actually my interviewing my dad who became a big part of the overall story I, I began to see how the pieces actually fit perfectly but I didn't know that necessarily when I was going in so we just you know work each piece and from a very direct and pragmatic perspective one of the things that is useful about body of work maybe as compared to Escape from Cubicle Nation is it does appeal to people who are in education, to people who are in the military, to people who are in corporate life or nonprofit or entrepreneurship. So you have a broader base in which people can be applying the principles because it's more a way that you can choose to look at the new world of work, which can open up markets. But as we know as business coaches, sometimes that opens lots of possibility. Other times having a specific niche is one where you know you can be you can be driving more sales. So it's uh, you know it was it was quite the quite the adventure and and really the thread that I realized that kind of blew my mind after I wrote the book and began to really see it is that I have worked in every work mode and more importantly I truly enjoyed working in every work mode I ran a nonprofit as a volunteer I was a corporate employee and manager I was a consultant to corporations I was a stay at home mom. I worked in a community foundation, I worked in community organizing in Latin America, and I got great value and enjoyment from each of those experiences that I was in, as I think that you did as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, no, no situation is ever perfect. But that became where I realized then working as a startup coach, I had this 
breadth of experience that probably positioned me very uniquely to be able to be talking about the new world of work with direct experience, having worked in all those areas. But I didn't know that until, (laughs) until I wrote the book, which is one of the reasons why you should write. Yeah, this is totally a reason why you should write. Um, What, just as an aside, I was writing a post earlier today, and it took kind of a historical view of what was happening sort of in 2007 and 2010. A lot's changed in that amount of time. But when we review our history with a certain frame, we also, like, see our history that we don't see as we're living through it because we're just kind of doing it and kind of, like, going from the next hustle to the next hustle, next thing, next thing. We all need those points in time in which we take a step back and look at this uh, body of work. We keep saying it over and over again. I'm going to owe Pam royalties for, for saying body of work. <laughs> but we take a look at all these collections, creations, relationships, achievements, and start adding them together. In this, and you get this really rich stew that I don't think people are serving enough of, right? We, we only hear the current time slice, um, not the rest of that time slice. And so, um, yeah, that, that's, that's really powerful. So, two questions about the book. What's your favorite part of the book, and what's the part that you wish you had more time to develop before you publish it? Um, the favorite part, is, I feel, is the real heart and soul of the book. Is it is a, it's a love letter to creation, to actually really embracing craft and the experience that I want for everybody, which is to really, really, really enjoy creating something. Um, while you're doing it, uh, in addition to enjoying the fact that you have created it. You know, I mentioned that writing the book is never a walk in the park for me. I, I admire anybody who has a joyful time. There's definitely joy in part of the process, but there's also a lot of challenge and difficulty, um, as there is in any kind of worthwhile craft that you're doing. But where I got full-on body chills, and I had huge revelations personally and spiritually and everything else. It's just in recognizing as such a core thread in the work that I do that where everything comes to bear, where people confront uh, fears, where they actually apply personal development and insight that they've had you know, to a real situation, and where they, they feel and experience true joy is in the process of creating something as opposed to sitting back and thinking over and over about what they want to create or what career they want or how great their life will be when they quit their job and start a business. That's just where everything happens. Mm -hmm. So that's a part that I'm very excited by. And that's a thread that that's why I love the startup world so much that that part of it, bringing ideas to life. The part that I feel like I'm just beginning to explore and I'm excited by it because actually the way that I see a book is different in some ways than other authors do. I, I see it as a way to begin this piece of my own body of work where the ideas and the framework is outlined, but then in the next five or so years, however long it takes, I actually want to be finding the examples and figuring out the tools and sharing the stories of people who are doing it and helping to build the competencies in people in order you know, to operate that way. So the part that is the most challenging because we're just at the beginning of understanding it, is the storytelling component. Um, when you when there are people who are in more traditional work environments um, where there still are some hiring practices that have not changed a lot in, in, in the last 20 years where people are going to look critically at your background and if there's gaps in your resume and all of that, it's, it's 
being able to really find the great examples of people who are truly driving exceptions, finding the change agents within organizations that are thinking much more broadly about the benefits of bringing in people who have a diversity of experience, about people who are embracing hiring somebody that's worked for themselves for 10 years and decides they want to go back in an organization, and really understanding how that story makes sense. Or for many people I've talked to since the book has come out, where they do clearly see that they have all these different experiences and they understand they have many ingredients, you know, skill strengths, but how do they actually go through the process of creating a compelling story about it? It's, it's the, the promise of the book, really, but um, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do in order to, to really fully describe it. And that's why, I mean, any one, a book in many ways is one dimensional. It's a snapshot in a particular period of time. It can be super useful for um, having a tools and a framework for thinking about things. I think about like Finding Your Own North Star by Martha Beck, which she wrote, I don't know, 15 years ago, which to this day I continually go back to and share frameworks for. If you were to talk to Martha about it, which I have, she's like, oh my God, like I don't even think that was a good book. I can't believe any, you know, people are still buying it. And for me, it was so useful to just have those, you know, pieces in the framework. But when you're starting to transfer the ideas into actually having people take action and deal with the complexities that come with that, that's the part that still feels like there's a lot of work that left to do that I'm excited to discover. Well, good. I'm looking forward to um, seeing what you create and talking to you behind the scenes about it as we go. It's, it's, it's part of fun to, to see you know, how things are created, what shows up in the world and what shows up behind the scenes. It's just a fascinating, a fascinating journey. So. There's a musician whose name eludes me that performed as if this his, this show was going to be his very last, right? And tried to leave his audience with something. And I'll remember later on. But if this were your last show, right, um, what message would you want people to walk away from this show with um, that you think, um, well, that, that is most resonant with where you are now and, and where you're going? Um, I think the message that's the most resonant is that um, – we, we really do not know how much time that we have left, and it is so powerful when you take action on moving your, in this, in this context, your work life more toward that work that you want to do. And every day, I mean, in this very day, you know, right now for me, there's a number of different options, you know, on the table, there are challenges, there are opportunities. And in every day, I have a choice to make decisions based on what I know to be true, which is my best work is going to come when I'm leaning in my area of strength, when I'm working with people who truly understand and appreciate what my strengths are, who want me to be there, where we're, we're building work together that's meaningful. Um, and choosing to act every day on those difficult decisions, even sometimes where they are a little bit more scary or where they can feel maybe more safe from another situation where it may, you know, feel like I could stay here, you know, let me just hang out, let me, let me not challenge my beliefs, let me not grow my company, even though every sign that I've been given says that now's the time for me to really step out and do things in a really different way, you know, that's the part that we do not know how much time that we're going to have. And I, I know I don't want to be living with regret, and I don't want anybody else to be living with regret. And I think you mentioned earlier, even if you make a tiny little step 
toward that direction of you doing work that is really leveraging your skills and talents or in uh, beginning a project that you're really excited about doing, that's what's going to make you feel more alive. And, and that's really my wish for everybody. All righty. That's brilliant. So what's next for Pam and where can we find you? I am super excited because I am um, really beginning to move my conversations into more new and different directions. I just spoke this past weekend in Chicago at an event called the Extreme Leadership Summit from my dear friend Steve Farber, who's just a wonderful man. It was so neat. <laughs> in the audience, there were educators. Uh, there was the principal of Columbine High School, who was profound and gave an amazing talk. There were business people, there were entrepreneurs, and a lot of them had really deep stories actually about how Steve and his guidance and his leadership principles and that which he has written about have had a huge impact in terms of personally and professionally. What was interesting is that is kind of a snapshot of where I'm going is that all of the people within those different work modes could relate to what I was talking about in body of work in a different way. And that's a, that's a message as a speaker that I really am excited about stepping into, going into companies and having those conversations, you know, speaking to groups of educators. I'm going to um, ScholarCon actually in July um, to speak, you know, to honor students, college students, groups of people that I really haven't been able to, given the strong brand that I've had in Escape from Cubicle Nation. People have been afraid <laughs> in some ways. Not that they should have been if they really know me, but some people were afraid to bring in somebody who sounds like my only mission was to be pulling folks out. So speaking is one area that I'm really excited about, you know, sharing the framework and tools in a way that's going to be useful. And then in really looking at how I can extend the work, um, one of the things that I really want to be building in the world is a, a skill set and a capability within people that are in all kinds of different work modes so that if their job situation changes, if they decide they want to do something new, that they really have the tools available to them in order to do that. And that's going to mean um, working on different products and services than I have before, right? Probably looking at a product that I could be licensing and, and really, you know, selling to a bigger extent, doing work within organizations to really help build their organizational capacity, their capacity to innovate more, you know, to mm -hmm. attract really good people, as opposed to just doing the direct working with individuals, you know? So those, those are really like personal and, and professional challenges. And, uh, yeah, and so that's that's really what it is, kind of stepping from my strong base in the community that I love and support so much. One of the metaphors I, I know I've talked to you about before, but I really do believe it, is that every day when I'm working with my entrepreneurial clients, I challenge them to really face their fears and to step out and to grow to the next level. And I believe that for those of us who are coaches, mentors, consultants, we have to do our own work. We need to always be focused on growing ourselves as leaders and as creatives to, to create that next part of our body of work. And I feel like that's a really important thing for me to do as a parent and you know, as a mentor to demonstrate that I'm actually doing my work. I need to be stepping into a whole new arena. I need to be working in a different way. And I think, you know, even as an example, where I may be not directly working in the entrepreneurial market, it still is a very powerful example for those younger folks who I'm mentoring to watch me do that, to hopefully watch me do it with integrity, without losing connection with my base and my community, but in really pushing myself to walk my talk and, and face the challenge and to grow as a leader and as a professional. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I'll, I'll sort of comment on that and then wrap it up. When we're looking at leadership and like true leaders, there's there's this difficulty that many of us end up facing where there's your direct work, the things you have to do directly to generate value, right? And so that might be your reporting, that might be the coaching, mentorship, whatever you want to call that in, in the leadership capacity that you're in. And then there's this indirect work where the mentorship, the, the doing the work that, that the people that, you're, that are following you can see and use as an example of someone doing it with integrity and gumption and, um, you know, with clear thinking and with a sense of vision and hope, right? And there's always this du duality that goes on there. So if you're experiencing that you're at the point in your own body of work or your own business or your own career where you're looking at what your work is, I would just invite you to think of those two different types of work. There's the direct work, but then there's this indirect work. And um, to tie it back into body of work, a lot of times it's that indirect work that ends up propelling you to the next thing and the indirect work that also leaves a legacy behind you that people could come in and step in to do the direct work that you're doing. So, um, I, and I guess that's what makes leadership so challenging for so many people is that you're always standing in the present and standing in the future and um, bridging that gap between the two. Um, it's a beautiful way of saying it. So true. So every once in a while, there's a book that comes out that um, takes a lot of ideas that are floating around and really distills them in a way that makes sense and tells a cohesive story about what's going on. And I fundamentally believe the body of work is one of those books around having people look at this new world of work, or as I might say, project world, and say, how do I make sense of my place in this world, my, my past, my present and my future. And I am so proud of you for creating a book that does this so well. And I'm, always, I'm proud to be a part of the journey as well. Um, you and I can talk for a long time and I'm sure we will for, for in many different ways. Um, but I really wanted to you know, say thanks for taking the time to come up and share your story about body of work um, and share the story about the behind the scenes too. So that the other creative giants that are listening can see that, They've got something in them. They've got a body of work that they're building. And um, the fear, the uncertainty, the joy, the highs and the lows, it's not just them. It's just part of the work. So thank you for, for all the work that you're doing, Pam. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And it's been so fun to share the journey so far. And I look forward to the future with you as well. All righty. So for one last recap, this is we've been talking to Pamela Slim from EscapeFromCubicleNation.com, soon to be PamelaSlim.com. Um, I'm Charlie Gilkey, the host of the Creative Giants Show. Until next time, stand tall, Creative Giants. Thanks for listening to the Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for Creative Giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. Stand tall, Creative Giant.